0: Hey everyone. everyone. Welcome to the squad pod. Here's your host, my dad, Troy Dog. Alright, people, welcome to another episode of the Squad Pod. You know me by now, I hope. I'm Troy Dog. I'm your host. Here every week. Every week, just grinding out pods for you people. That's what I do. Uh, this week is a very special episode to me. It's one of my childhood heroes on as a guest. And it's it's kind of an interesting story for me, um, how we became friends. We're actually our friends. Like, we text all the time, um, just talking about dirt bikes, life, what have you. Um, it's Denny Stevenson, uh, 1990 125 East Coast champion. Uh, he had held the 125 win record for a region until Ricky broke it we'll get into that too, um, in the conversation, but Den Dog, he's been a, a vital member to, um, you know, just the support around me these days. It's, it's kind of weird how I ended up. He wore my shirts to the motocross donations. nations. Um, just, yeah, it's, I can't, I don't think it's been like three days we go by without like texting each other, seeing how we're doing, checking on each other. And it's cool, man. Like I, I never thought that I'd be friends with one of my childhood heroes, but here I am living the dream. Uh, so I, I want to get Denny on here and uh, discuss some super motocross playoffs, some MXDN talk, talk about his career a little bit, some races that that I watched, you know, as a kid all the time and, and just had some questions about. And he's just a motocross encyclopedia. So, you know, anything you need to know. He's seen it all in this sport. He'll give you his best answer, and he's just a great, great wealth of knowledge. So um, really appreciate Denny for coming on and, and uh, sharing about an hour with me tonight. It was, it was good. So that's, that's coming up, so stick with that. We're going to have some segments first. Got some big news to discuss. First off, we're going to talk about the Verb Classic. It's next weekend. And, yep, next weekend, September 15th through 17th, it's at Next Level 101. That's in Gray Court, South Carolina. You know, you know you need to go to this. Like, it's the verb classic, man. Everybody who's everybody in the history of motocross has ridden this event. It's two days of racing. You got a practice day on Friday. You know, it's, it's, it's $35 a class, 50 for the pro class, 150% payback for the pro purse. We're having a pit bike race, an e-moto race, and just come out and and camp and have a good time with us. Uh, We're going to have hired guns, as always, hired guns. They're uh, very, very, you know, actually with the hired guns, we we have so many commitments already. Landon Gibson, Jaden Cooper, you know, we got Carson Brown coming up on a two-stroke, like, all kinds of guys are coming. It's, it's going to be a good time. We're having more people confirm, um, you know, each day. But, like, it, it's here. It's coming. And uh, you better be there. You better be there. I can't make it, but I, I would if I could. So everybody in the world's coming to Verb Classic. It's one of our biggest events of the year. And I can't just wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited. So that's coming up. And I want you to be there. That's my soapbox. Next order of business, the flying Hawaiian, Grant Harlan. We still have ticket spots open for his, uh, fire fundraiser. Um, as you know, he lost everything in his, when his shop caught fire a couple weeks back in Texas, it was a a bad day. It was, he lost everything in there. A couple race bikes, some, uh, family memories, just all his tools, everything. So if you want to help out Harlan, throw him some money. We have uh, all the info on the Vermoto Instagram link in bio. Uh, we're hoping to raise as much money as possible for his fundraiser. Uh, you can you can get a VIP package. You can get the uh, signed jersey or signed number plate. Uh, there's three tiers of of ways you can join and help out. So do that. We're going to announce winners on October 1st on this very pod. And thank you for helping out Hard Dog in his time of need. It's helping out his family. You know, it's just, I know there's some really good people out there who have already helped him out and sent money his way. And I appreciate you guys. He appreciates you guys and just everybody. Like it's, it's cool to see motocross community come together when someone's down. So appreciate all of you. By the time you hear this, you'll either be watching Super Motocross playoffs or you'll be about to watch Super Motocross playoffs. But either way, they're coming. This weekend, Saturday, Charlotte, day race. It's going to be the round with single points. But I'm really excited to see how this hybrid track breaks down and how all the riders stack up on an interesting layout on the dragway. I'm going to talk with Denny Stevenson about it for um, quite a bit of time so i won't touch on it too much here just um there, there's you can still if you want to go to one of these rounds uh the tickets are still available so make sure you come out and, and camp out and watch the first ever super motocross playoffs unfold with your family have a good time of it you know it's big money up for grabs big money And the sport's never seen anything like this. So it's a good time for dirt bikes. It's a good time for the sport. It's a good time to be an elite dirt bike rider. Um, The squad will be there. Yup. Everyone on my elite squad of dirt bike riders have made it. Save for Ashton Bloxham because he only raced outdoors. And he is coming back from injuries. And he has some concussions this summer as well. He will not be there. But he will be in my thoughts because – oh, he'll also be in my fantasy football too because um, that's – I'm in his, his league, so we're – that's where I'll see him most. But uh, we got Grant Harlan. He qualified 11th, which is pretty amazing considering how last year went and how he didn't believe in himself this season. I had to push him through and say, hey, look, dude, you're fast. Like I've been doing the past three years, he finally believed himself, and look what happens—he's almost top ten for the year in points. So, don't ever doubt yourself, kids. That's a lesson to you. And and you can surprise yourself, like Hard Dog did this year. I mean, he's he's uh, approaching playoffs. He's got three chances, six motos. We well, never know; stuff can happen. We we'll also have Shane McElrath, who announced. That he will be riding for the squad last week on the pod. Uh, so he qualified 17th. That's very cool of him to run us on the sticker. On his helmet. Justin Starling. Yeah, dude. Didn't think he was going to do it. Talked all summer about, yeah, I'm getting married. I'm too good. Like, I'm not going to do nothing. I'm just going to sit it out and go on my ho- my honeymoon and just kind of just chill. Well, look what happens. You qualified, man. You're in, and and like, you just jump on the plane and rip, dude. Put Nicole on there, team manager Nicole, Nicole Starling now, big married guy and gal. Just just get married and and head on a plane and super motocross playoffs, dude. We're in. Also, two fifty guys, Hunter Yoder's in and Derek Kelly's in, so we're stacked. If you doubted the Troy Dog squad, we're an elite program. We have elite privateers. You know, you we, we have we can't just be on the team. We have to hand select you. We have to vote you in. And look what happens. We're all in the playoffs. We're talking about playoffs. And I don't know if you're uh, witnessing college football right now, but uh, Coach Primetime, Deion Sanders, people were doubting his team too. And he said, we coming. So... Our mantra for the entire playoffs is we coming. It's prime time, baby. Good stuff, good stuff. I can't wait for the playoffs. I'm so excited. The season would be over right now. That's why I'm so excited. We just have three more races, six more motos on something we've never seen before. And once that's over, Anaheim 1 is right around the corner. So, good stuff. Let's change gears here. To the Guts Racing Power Rankings. I think I'm only going to do three this week because the interview with Danny, I want to get to it. It's super good and I want you to hear it. So, for 33 years, Guts Racing has prided themselves on being the innovators in seat technology. If you're looking for a comfortable and stylish place to park your rear end on your dirt bike, then look no further. Guts carries an extensive product line of seat covers and foam no matter what you ride. If you use the promo code VERB20, you save at checkout. It's that easy. they got 17 colors of fabric, seat fabric, that you can choose to put on the seat anywhere. You know, it's the official seat cover of Hep Suzuki and Rockstar Husqvarna. RJ Hampshire loves it. Dustin Pipes loves it. Dustin Pipes has ridden with a guts racing seat since, I don't know, 2009 when I met him. So, you know, he trusts it and you should too. Really good grippy seats, man. I love them. I might just get one just to like sit on throughout the day because they're that good. I think I'm going to. Verb twenty at checkout. Just bought one. Thank you, Andy, Greg, and all the folks that are over there at Guts Racing. All right. Number one on the power rankings this week is Super Motocross playoffs, baby. Yeah, we'll we'll talk on. Huh? more with, with Denny and I touched on it earlier but I'm so excited for this more racing single, double, triple points, we're going to LA Coliseum big money up for grabs and if you go to verbmoto.com right now, all week I've written content on what to expect um, storylines heading in everything you need to know about it, it's all there Vermoto.com. And just search Troy Dog or just search Super Motocross. We or just the homepage. Just scroll down. It's right there. Everything you need on Vermoto.com. I got you covered. I got you covered. That's my beat. Number two this week, Chase Sexton. A lot of people are forgetting about what Chase Sexton is capable of, and like, the dude finished second over and over and over. Just trying his best to beat Jet this summer. Okay, so what? He came up a little short. He still gave it everything he had. He was close many times. I thought he was honestly going to break the streak. Every time he got close to make a pass, something would happen, and he'd just lose a little bit. But he was still, like, at Ironman, he was still, like, 50 seconds above third place. He was keeping the pace. He was just a little tick off. But don't forget, he's a Supercross champ. You know, he's seated first, so it means he's got a little points um, advantage heading into the the first round here with the points reset. I'm excited to see uh, how he can bounce back to him from this. So, Jay Saxon, people, like, he's so good. Like, I don't know why you have to act like that. I see all the comments, like, I don't want to read them, but it's like, quit forgetting what he's capable of. This dude ran Tomac into the wall last summer, just fighting him tooth and nail for that championship. And then this summer, he has to sit out some rounds, loses a little bit of race pace, and then bounces back and still fights until the end. Uh, I mean, dude, Chase Sexton, number two this week. Number three, Cooper Webb. We don't forget about you either, Coop. Coop will be star racing Yamaha Mounted for the playoffs. And 2024 Supercross at least. Um, It's going to be cool. He's he's returning home. It's it's hashtag home on his his butt patch probably. You know, he never had a chance to race for Star Racing on a 450. Until now. And that's a team that brought him up through the amateur ranks. 250 class. He rewarded them with championships. And now he's back. So is this going to give him the extra juice he needs? We'll have to wait and see. But we haven't seen him since Nashville. And he was in the title hunt at that point. Nashville was rough. Took a lot of people out. But Coop is number three this week. I'm not going to forget, and I'm not. I'm never going to count Cooper Webb out. He's like Chad Reed. I'm never going to count him out. You'd be a fool to count him out for anything, especially with big money on the line. I'm going to put uh, Cooper Webb third this week. And that will conclude the power rankings for this week. So we can get to this awesome interview with Den Dog, Danny Stevenson. Man, this is good. I really, I'm going to have him back on again because the amount, I could talk dirt bikes with him for, for hours and weeks on end and just never get bored with asking him questions because he's seen so much in the sport. So we'll have him back on. And if you have a question for him, let me know, hit me up, Troy at and I'll, I'll get it answered. Or maybe we'll just save it for a show, but here we go. Danny Stevenson. Enjoy. Okay. On the phone, I have one of my most favorite people to talk to in the entire world. He's 1990 125 East Region Champion. He's done everything in the sport. He's seen everything in the sport. And uh, he's one of my best friends. So, Denny Stevenson, what's up, man?
1: What's happening, Dog? It's nice to talk to you. Um, we talked about a little bit ago. We're two days away from um, the opening inaugural round of Super Motocross. I think uh, I'm about as excited as you. So, um, let's dive into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. First of all, we should probably just start there because uh, I've been getting a lot of complaints and emails like, "Hey, when's this? When's this uh, super motocross like content going up? Like, it's it's the biggest thing ever in the sport, and no one's talking about it." But uh, I've been writing about it all week. So, and you and I have been talking about it with Clinton Fowler on our text thread. So, yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, yeah, like, it has been a little quiet, you know, in like some of the other uh, media outlets. I think. I've, uh... It's on our group text said uh, that I'm with some buddy checkers and some other Gilmore and stuff. We've all kind of agreed that it, it has been a little quiet. Um, you know, it considered is a playoffs, but um, I still don't think, I think the hype's there. I think the fans are excited. I think it was just a matter of kind of getting the information to us a little bit sooner maybe, but um, it's not going to damper the race. And I think it's being really good. I just read a post from weekend. That said that there's sawdust and some sand mixed in the, into the, into the regular track part away from the supercross jumps that, Hopefully the track will get rough and rutted and we'll get a la, kind of a natural hybrid uh, mix this weekend.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting with with the drag strip. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a drag strip uh, track. I mean, we've done speedways, but, um, you know, wh- what do you think about that? And what what about as a whole of super motocross um, for the sport this this day and age? What do you, What do you think about
1: it? Well, the track looks. Um, I mean, it obviously looks fast, like any outdoor type of track would. Um, that's what I we've been messaging um, again on the checkers and stuff. That they can get a deep enough base that it can develop into some braking bumps, accelerating bumps, some uh, some ruts in the corners, and that they don't smooth that stuff out. It'll get that nice hybrid type of feel that they're trying to get, um, which is nice. Uh, the, the drag ship, the, the barriers on the sides look a little sketchy, maybe, but. Um, I don't think it would be any different than, than Supercross running next to the walls or, or Arena Cross when we ran close to the walls. As far as Super Motocross, I think it's great. Um, you know, I, I, I've kind of gotten into NASCAR and, and their chase and their playoffs in the last couple of years and figured out how that works. And it's made it exciting um, to watch the last few rounds and watch everybody um, the way it breaks down. And so I'm excited that, uh, that Feld and then MX Sports got together with Peacock and got, a good, uh, good, got some good money for the TV package which makes it easy for us all to watch, obviously, which is fantastic, and uh, for a little five bucks a month or whatever it is. And a lot of money up for grabs. I, you know, I always joke that I was born too soon. It would have been pretty awesome to race for that kind of money that uh, Hunter will be and, and Jet as well. Um, I think it's fantastic, and uh, I'm just excited to see how it all plays out, the, the single points, the double points, the triple points. Yeah, we've never seen anything like that, so I'm pretty excited to see, like I said, how it all plays out, uh, who ends up taking this title away.
0: Yeah, the single, double, and triple points are going to be like the biggest storylines because there's going to be so many scenarios that play out through the whole thing. So, you know, like what, yeah. you know, from what one one round can go, and then you know it could be like, oh, that wasn't like that exciting, but then like second and third round is going to be, I think, pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the 2D class, I, you know, is obviously wide open. Um, I was just setting riders for my Moto Extreme 360 fantasy website and. You know, there's, you know, you're making east and west again, just like you do, and you know, and uh, east-west across rounds, and obviously all uh, eleven rounds of outdoors. It's so deep. I, I don't really see Hunter being quite as dominant as he was, um, you know, in the east and the uh, or the west, wherever it's around. You know, race in the outdoors. Um, I think that the tracks and it'll be really similar to start across that we've had a lot this year. Starts have been really huge for these kids, and. Um, I think it's going to be wide open, especially, again, going to two times or three times the points. And then Jet, it would be nice if Jet could get a couple bad starts and uh, have to come through the pack. That would be nice. Um, you know, with Cooper coming back, um, Sexton having the points lead. Um, yeah, I, I'm just really excited to see how this plays out and uh, see who takes home all the cash. And and, and just, uh, you know, full could come to the last chance qualifier, um, I, I know that he will have to line up pretty far on the outside in race one of the two races they're doing. Um, but I think he gets his, he'll get his gate pick. Uh, you know, last chance, qualified five guys will get their gate pick from the first race uh, into the second race, similar to do the outdoors. So uh, i would be interested nice to see what Folker can do with um, having with an LCQ at all three rounds. So, and uh, we know he's fast. And you just got to keep him off the ground.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. And one of the coolest parts is we're going back to LA Coliseum, and you got to race there a ton. And uh, the the place is closing on its 100th birthday, also. So that's pretty interesting. Incredible. But. But like you know, going back there, that's a bit of nostalgia. I mean, how do you feel about that?
1: I think it's just awesome. You know, I uh, you know we raced there in '90, um, right after Oklahoma City when I had my broken commerce, I tried to race practice, and I uh, went practice and ended up watching that night. In the '91, um, I think we you know they had the riots, so we had to race day uh, race like a, a month later. That was the crazy race with Bale and Bradshaw and Stanton. Um I've been there a few times racing Ultra Cross, which was the trucks and the and with Jim Holly, where we were to truck track backwards. Um where Larry Brooks clipped the wall, the peristyle and, and sailed down the down the down ramp. And um, and that was there for the X games with Travis and Vegan, uh, which was incredible as well. So it's obviously it's an iconic place, venue. Um where uh U- USC plays, the Raiders used to play, the Rams used to play. It's 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 amazing. So um, I think it's fantastic. You know, in the past, we used to have to kind of run around the football field. Now, obviously, they're going to be able to run on the field and have a much longer, bigger track. So it's, it's going to be incredible. You know, it, uh, that first time you drop out of the peristyle um, at the top there, I, I these kids, and these fighters today, I mean, it, it's, it's nothing different than some of these crazy outdoors, but just the fact you're doing it and you're dropping into the stands and hope there's a sold-out crowd, and it's going to be awesome. I think everybody's going to dig it.
0: Yeah, I was wondering how that that Paris style was going to work it, on these uh, four strokes these days. Are so they just going to flat land to the bottom? You
1: know? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I, I haven't really looked at the track that that closely. If they got a pre jump, they're going to jump into down the hill or something like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just when you're jumping up and dropping down. In it into darkness. It's it's, it's 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 a it's a once in a lifetime type feeling. And um, you know, I've watched the NASCAR when they ran the the Clash there. Uh, it, it's just cool. I hope the Los Angeles, fans. Really with fans. They I hope they fill that place up.
0: Me too. And I think it's going to be great. But um, let's switch gears here to uh, Motocross donations, your favorite race of the year. Are you <laughs> are you on the team? Did we make this official?
1: Yeah, well, it seems like they're, 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 they're reaching. Um, yeah, I mean, you and I and Clint have had some text threads, discussions, and obviously my other threads, and then uh, all the stuff on uh, social media it's just disappointing to see that uh, we're, we're obviously not sending our best riders right now, whether it be the rider's choice, the team's choice, like what, what's, what be it. Uh, every team has pretty much announced their, uh, their three rider squad. So far we are still waiting, trying to figure out who's going to go. And uh, yeah, which is disappointing. You know, uh, I, I, I was at the, uh, the nations at red Blood last year with everybody. And it was just an incredible weekend as any of the donations I've been to here in the U S and, you know, see Eli and Chase and, and Justin Cooper uh, pull off that win. Was just, it was just sick. You know, the crowd was just was insane. The people were insane. It was packed. Uh, the Richies do a great job, obviously, at Red Bull. So it's a little disappointing and disheartening to see uh, the fact that we won on our home turf, uh, reigning champions with one, number one, two, and three ready to go, and we still haven't announced the team. So it's uh, I, I, it's, it's, it's almost laughable, the fact that I can't imagine what the Euros think and uh, – the other countries are thinking the fact that we are all gung-ho to, to race when we're at home and now we got to actually send a team and it seems like it's a big uh, clusterfuck to be honest. So <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's a little disappointing. So it's a little laughable and, uh, I don't know if it's got to do with Roger and, and the other teams or the cost, you know, I know Matheson's always discussed it and I you know, and I appreciate his, his perspective, but at the end of the day, motocross at the end of the, the nations matters. And, uh, you know, Eli Tomac and I messaged after we went red butt he said you're right man this is the greatest fucking event ever and uh, I'm happy to be a part of it and so I hope these guys get a chance to experience it uh, and I'm excited to hear who the hell they're announcing but uh, they're going to be there's a lot of great riders the French team's going to be stacked the Aussies are going to be stacked Italy's going to be stacked Spain is going to be stacked I mean it's uh, it's going to be tough so I hope uh, whoever they're sending them is going to be prepared to uh, battle it out
0: Team Guam is set I found that out today
1: Who's Guam? I saw Puerto Rico with, uh, Jeff Chambers, I think it was. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Guam is going to be, uh, uh, Josh Farisi, Benny Bloss and O'Hara dog. Really? Yeah.
1: Well, that's awesome.
0: It is. Yeah. It's uh, found that out today. So that'll be good. I mean, it, that's three Americans. Well, yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, it was cool. You know, uh, last year, I think in Brooklyn, it was about and the breeze and, uh, and one other rider, which was cool. And they got, I think they made it into the mains of the, the Sunday Motos. So, um, you know, it's just a great experience. Anytime, uh, an American rider at any level can go experience it. You know, it was awesome at Red Butt in 2018 with Wyndham, Sipes, and Pastrana. I mean, cool. who, thought did those guys coming off the couch, basically, were going to make it to the Sunday show? Um, yeah, it, I think they were yelled louder for those guys around the track than they did our American team because, because, considering how poorly that they did that weekend, but, uh, yeah, it, it's awesome. I, I, I've been to every uh, American uh, round since Bud's Creek, and um, I'm hoping to get to one of these overseas one of these years because it, it's, it's a great show, a great event. And like I said, MXD matters. And
0: uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's, it's one of the biggest, uh, biggest events of the year. Yeah, I've never even been, and that's sad because Redbud's like six hours away. But but that's when like kids hit, and we like you know st- decided to raise a family. But but last year, you took me with you, and you wore me on your shirt, so I think that counts.
1: I did, I did. I'm taking you to, I'm uh, a shirt to the uh, Redlands and Redbud. So, uh, I'm vicariously taking you with you, buddy, or with me, buddy.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, who would have thought? Like me, growing up as a kid, just like watching, you know, '89 Supercross on on the VHS over and over, like through the years. Like, Dan Stevens is wearing my shirt.
1: Of- no i you know I, I i appreciate what you bring to the table your enthusiasm uh your, your wit and uh and writing skills on uh with Verb. i got your sticker on my laptop as i said as i showed you so
0: yeah
1: um, I'm, a fan, I'm a fan of anybody and friends with anybody and uh it loves sport as much as i do and you completely do so um, like i said it's nice talking to you and it's it's cool that you and i and clint got a text at going and uh, get a chance to talk shit amongst each other and uh you know, and just share a different perspective of the sport, you know, it's pretty
0: cool. I like when you come in and yell at me. Like, it, it was like a while there. Like, you just come in just blazing, just yelling at me for no reason. And I just be like, I don't even know what I did. And it's just, and it's I'm, just fun. Yeah.
1: Then you usually have to correct me. I'm like, oh yeah, wait, I, I read that wrong.
0: <laughs> it's good. I, I love yeah, it. it. You haven't yelled at me in a while. So I was like, maybe yeah. tonight, if we mention mentioned Motocross the Nations, he'll just get yeah.
1: It's He's the playing.
0: grumpy old man in me comes out. i, like, I got to yell at the kids to get off my lawn. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, you have a really fun game I like to play. It's called Moto Xtreme 360. Uh, you invite me to all your leagues. You have me in there. It's so much fun. Uh, why don't you just tell everyone who's not playing why they should. And I, I feel like everyone in the world should be playing this game because mm-hmm. I have more fun with it than anything. Like, it's just I really enjoy this fantasy type uh, just talk about what it bring, what you bring to the table and, uh, kind of, I guess how you started it kind of go from there.
1: Yeah. Well, years ago, I, uh, my buddy and I, um, who actually had nothing to do with racing, but he was a computer IT guy and we were just talking in the bar about, uh, I was doing like a pen and paper kind of fantasy motocross league that uh, I'd kind of gotten into due to fantasy football and, um, we decided to do a website. And that was, shoot, probably early 2000s. And it was kind of similar uh, to what Pope's doing now with full riders and um, hot riders. It's kind of just you pick, you can't pick every other week. And then we ended up selling that off. And then um, about a year or two ago, I uh, decided to get back into it. Um, again, to fantasy football, we have a salary league I've been playing for about 20 years. So I decided to kind of put a spin on, on uh, the fantasy motocross and put a, a salary-based league together with a budget. Uh, you can't rider. You can't have the same riders back to back weeks. We pick four riders in each class. You have a budget that you have to deal with. Uh, the salaries change every week, kind of according to the results. We have hot riders, which you get a ten point bonus if they get top ten. Uh, we've given away some gear from McGrath, Fro, Carmichael. Uh, we've given away a couple of Honda motorcycles from Storm Lake Honda. Uh, it's cool. It's fun. Uh, it's been a great time. I enjoy it. You know, I, I I'm a numbers guy, kind of what Clinton is. It, uh, it almost kind of cools my mind down a little bit when it's racing, you know. Mm. And uh, I've, I've gotten into spreadsheets and Excel and in the last few years. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a fun game, and it's enjoyable. So if you're looking for something different to play, uh, the set of your standard, you know, pick them, which is kind of the R, R in fantasy or the standard one that Pope's doing. If you're looking for something different, that's more of a salary-based league, more extreme360.com or, extreme or MXD360, and uh, it's fun. We do some we do some high uh, roller games to kind of get, to kind of turn things up, and um, yeah, it's just enjoyable. I, I'm a fan of the racing. If anything, that I, I on a Saturday, I, I sit down and watch practice, race day live, I watch the race, the supercross at night, or the motors during the day. And this is another way I can be a part of it and enjoy it. And uh, and then share my love with uh, other other fans of the sport, and um, you know whether it's be through Facebook, Twitter, or, or
0: through the website, it's awesome, a lot of fun. You're very connected, yes, throughout um, all aspects of the sport, and and with the, with the game, you also have retro games, which I excel at. Um, honestly, that's like my favorite when you go back and, and do the old races. So there's also a little bit of that when you play. And yeah, uh, that's,
1: it's just that's all- the, kind of something I didn't during during the COVID lockdown. There was no racing going on. And so I kind of put together some pen and paper leagues to do some retro racing with retro fantasy leagues with my buddies, um, like 12 or 13 of us. And then that was when I was dating a girl at the time, and she was like, uh, kind of like, you should get the website going. And, uh, you know, kind of she helped me learn Excel and whatnot. And I got it going. And the other retro games were a lot of fun, you know. I'll pick a, a year or a decade or something like that, whether it be outdoors or supercross. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do games with uh, Bale and Kudrowski and Bradshaw and Stanton. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's a nice way, I think, to take take back when we have a, a lull in the, sport, uh, usually in the off season. to, um, you know, pull up some old videos uh, off YouTube, watch the races, and uh, kind of learn a little bit of history of the sport, which I don't think we always kind of grasp. You know, that uh, you know, I think the history of ball sports is a little bit more embraced than we have Moto. But uh, with social media and uh, Really telling the stories on Instagram, and RJ constantly doing stuff and Pingree, doing a lot with whiskey throttle. Um, it's great, you know. The history of the sport is just as dynamic as the future is. So I love it.
0: It is, yeah, yeah. So we'll have to get another one of those going after uh, playoffs because those are a lot of fun. So yeah, we'll work. Yeah, that.
1: and, and that's what's cool. You know, with Supercross going right now. I mean, how often do we have twelve, nearly twelve months of racing, you know, real live, entertaining racing on television to uh, to speculate? I mean, I'm just stoked for the sports app right now. We're bringing in Triumph, um, Beta. I hear that Ducati's coming in. I mean, I just never imagined that we'd have this many brands to choose from in, uh, in different teams and squads. and uh, this kind of money that they're doing in Super Motocross. I- I'm just really stoked for the sport and uh, for the riders in the future. Though.
0: Right, yeah. You You know, you, you raced in the uh, 90s. You came up through the amateur ranks. You were a hot amateur. Were you Team Green from 80? 80... What year did you get your Team Green ride?
1: Uh, my first year, I went to Ponca City in 1982. I was uh, just riding a, a Yamaha a YZ80 uh, that we got from a dealership here, Raymond Motors, which is now uh, no longer. But I uh, went down to Ponca City in the 711 class in Yamaha and battled Damon Bradshaw, as, as crazy as it would be in the 711 class. And as I always like to remind him, I kicked his ass in both classes <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Which is, you know, whenever you get a chance to meet Damon, if you're you know, that's 10 years old or 30 years old, you gotta, you got to take advantage of it and let it be known. And so uh, that, After that year, I got a Team Green ride, so I was with Team Green from 83 to 89. Uh, I turned, I arrived back then, you could run nationals and Supercross and so race the Reddits. So in 88, I, I ran the full 125 E-Series and selected nationals. As well as you know, Loretta's and Punk and whatnot, which you know, pretty much everybody did at that time. Morocco, Kowalski, Chicken, uh, Ward, they all did. Pro, so, and then in '89, I was full time, you know, Supercross Nationals with Cowie, and then in '90, I signed with Suzuki. So, yeah, and back then it was only four, four manufacturers, although they did have you know up to four to five you know usually riders on each team, but. Um, yeah, it was quite an honor to get uh, the ride for Suzuki and to have the success I had. It was uh, quite a run. I really enjoyed enjoyed the sport and enjoyed the time away from the sport as well, obviously.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. And I, I have many directions I could go from this point, but I, I'm kind of going to jump in when we were talking about the other night where you have the record for 100, 125 wins um, in a season until Ricky beat it, right?
1: Yeah, I won uh, 90. I won 8 of 11. You know, we had a lot of East rounds, obviously 11 rounds was quite a bit. We had more than the West at that time. And I had one eight, which I didn't even know was a record until Ricky went undefeated that year in 125 and had one nine. So I always joke with Ricky or anyone else that, you know, if I'd known I would have sold, you know, some decals, bumper stickers, and t-shirts and some hats. <laughs> you know, Would have lived it up if I hadn't known at the time. But, um, yeah, I was fortunate, you know, be on a great team, fast bike, uh, you know, it was it was that time we were battling with throw and, and Antonez and Craig and, and MC. And, um, yeah, it was a good time. I, I think, ironically, I think the 250 West was probably one of the most stacked uh, of riders in the future. You know, from Phil Williams and, like I said, Craig and, and all those guys. And I, uh, the wild thing is, is Ty Davis, a future off-road racer, is the one who won uh, 125 West in 90. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, oh, a lot of history again. And uh, the 91, I moved into 2D class. I was still kind of dealing with the broken wrist and the vehicle that I'd done in 90. Um, So that was a little tough. But, yeah, it was fun. You know, we we used to run Supercross in January, and we mixed it with the Nationals. I think sometimes we had the last National in Utadilla in October where there'd be some snow on the ground. So I always laugh when they talk about how long the series is today, these years, when we ran and in October just for the Nationals back then.
0: Yeah, so in 89, when you – you know, you're coming off that year when you signed with Suzuki. Did you know that that was coming for that season? Like, did you did you come in like super prepared? Like, what was it that made you go on that run? Like, or did you just get on the run and just not stop? Like, did you see it coming back then, or did you did you surprise yourself?
1: Um. Well, I, you know, going into '90, I, uh, I had gotten third that year in the 25 East behind, um, I believe it was uh, Bradshaw and Kajmazki. I think. Um, and I got in third behind those guys, and they were both moving up to 2D to, to class, to, which is now 450. So I, had, I was pretty confident in, in what I was able to do. I had originally signed with Honda at the end of 89, and then some stuff happened with Honda that they uh, on you know, 125 uh, supports so they could bring in bail, which obviously that turned out pretty well. Um, so I ended up uh, going back to Suzuki and Pat Alexander made, made, found me a spot that they'd originally had for me. And that bike was just unbelievable. So I think th- between the bike, the way it handled, um, I'd grown up in a lot of, you know, our local tracks had a lot of whoops, a lot of jumps. So I was comfortable doing that. And uh, it was just a matter of just getting out front. once I won, the first round was in Houston. I made a mistake with the triples, got jumped on by Craig. And, Started the season 18th, and that was kind of what you saw at Loretta's when when Leach, uh, gave Barry Carson a red plate. I had forgotten Barry had taken the points lead into round two into Atlanta, and at Atlanta where I got my first win. And, uh, at that point, is you know it's all confidence, as, as everyone said. In any any form of racing or anything, you get that confidence going. You just kind of did not expect it, and um, and then I think Pontiac won round I. Uh, I started last and crashed going up and in, up into the stands and came from last and caught Mike Jones at the end of the race. And at that point, you just, you just know it's, it's yours. You know, you just take it by race by race. And, um, it, you know, it wasn't a matter of just getting a good start. I felt like wherever I got out at I could, I could, I could get up from even and win. And even in Dallas, uh, the cotton Bowl that year. We rode this one to the five east and west. And I had come to the pack with the west guys, even, you know, past uh, Jeremy, past Craig, past Bud, past Fro and just got out front and took off. So. You know, confidence was everything. And, um, yeah, Then it, uh, it was a good championship to win. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just nice to have that honor and that, uh, have a, that little asterisk next to your name that said you won. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm looking at 89 points. You got Brad Sean Kudrowski in front of you. And so that was a great rookie season. I, I watched last night, actually, when I was going before bed, I watched uh, Miami from that season. It's one of my favorite races, you know. You got fourth yeah. that night, but it was the only track made out of sand that has ever happened. And I'm sure for a good reason, but like, what do you remember from that night? And like, how did they make those jumps? Was it like just weird stuff yeah. underneath? They piled up? Like, what was it?
1: Yeah, no, I remember it very well because uh, I was really good friends with Ronnie Tischer at the time growing up in, in Stillman and he was, uh, their, his dad's uh, dealership was right across, you know, not too far from the stadium. So I stayed with Ronnie that that week and weekend and i remember going to press day and the track was made out of like a white sand like a wet white sand so um it packed but like the tabletop i don't know if you watched the T main where stan came up short kind of did a rip off the, in the heat race they came up short and crashed mm-hmm. into the banners and stuff if you stood on one corner of that tabletop finish line tabletop you could you could jump on it was like a water bed to go wobble, wobble 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 all the way across it so it was really just bizarre like it, I, I, I i've never ridden in white sand before that i never ridden that type of white sand since you know the, tr- the trap the jumps just were rutted out um it was super soft uh, and damon i remember crashed he crashed i think four times five times and uh he just kept you know i pass him and then he passed me back and he'd be laying there and i pass him again and uh, and he was just jumping shit that none of us were jumping at the time and you know we'd already knew that what game was capable of obviously over the years and uh he just showed what, what his balls of the wall style was and, and was from, you know, many years after that. And it was insane. It was, uh, it was wild. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I, you know now why we've never seen another white sand type super <laughs> cross track because that thing was a hot mess. No doubt.
0: It makes no sense. Like the, the physics of it, I'm like watching it and I'm, you know, it's like, okay, there's this whole rutted section into this single where it's just, you're just the bike into it, that was before like the step on, step off, jump that Damon and Bale were doing. But it's it, yeah. It, so the, there was nothing; it was just wet sand. They made jumps out of wet sand, like that's how they did that.
1: Yeah, we, uh, you know, that and that's what I kind of like the old tracks, you know, compared to today. That there were just there was really no rhythm to them. There, there was no, you know, today, you know, you take triple quad, you know, to 100-yard 100, 100, you know, stadium in three leaps, you know, um, those type of tracks back then. There was just there was no. Rhythm or Rhyme, or you know, you just kind of figured out what you wanted to jump and what you tried to jump, and then the sand factor was even more insane. I remember when you are in Arena Cross, we raced in Albuquerque. You know, those tracks are already very tiny and small, the twenty, twenty-three second 23-second lap times, and they made that one basically out of a sand that they packed, and by the end of the night, it was just basically a sand bowl that we were racing in all jumps and kind of rutted out and trenched out. You could hardly jump the catapult, finish line double because it was so rutted and sandy and stuff. Um, I thought it was cool. You know, I grew up kind of on a sand track here. uh, It was actually down by the river, just a man-made or homemade track that we kind of just rode down there every every during the winter because obviously that was the only place it didn't freeze. So I always felt good in the sand, but on a supercross, it it makes it pretty crazy. And then obviously the old uh, Daytona tracks when they would just leave basically the natural uh, black sand that they had, and uh, and then David or Gary Bailey bring in that clay for the jumps, and then you just have a big curb at the bottom of every jump, so. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i just went I mean, was during the day so i can definitely say that the, the riders say got it got it much easier at daytona than we did back then because it was track was just a hot mess as well you know like, no rhythm no rhyme i think even in the 80s they had telephone whoop, whoop, you know they've been in telephones with sand whoops so sand on the top of them um yeah it was it was pretty chaos back then.
0: and you made it work though and you guys were ripping so it's like you know even despite the tracks having garbage or, you know, hay bales or whatever you guys made it work and that you helped build what the sport is today um, throughout that and and through the 90s too like that was a whole new era for the sport. It just helped elevate the sport to what it is today. And that, I don't know, man, you got to live the 90s. I think I was born too, too late. I didn't yeah, get to no, witness I- it.
1: Yeah, before we, we, 90s were great. You know, obviously, uh, the, the videos, uh, Crest Stevens a Dirt hit, um, the Fox videos, and it was just having a good time. And, you know, everybody, you know, we trained in a certain as, aspect of the Orlando training board, uh, um, you know, Kodrowski, MC to a point, and, uh And then, then Ricky came in and messed it all up, as, you know, the joke. Wyndham always laughs about it as well. And, um, so, you know, I, I take nothing away from these, these riders today. They're, they're, they're in, some of the best athletes ever. Um, and that's it's a grind, uh, you know, living, uh, you know, in the camps and whatnot. So we were blessed in the aspect of maybe not as much making as much money, but uh, we were able to have a lot more fun, I think. And and that's kind of what I, when I was going to all these races and going overseas and stuff, you know, I knew that I was only able to do this so, you know, so long. So I, I personally took it upon myself to make sure that I experienced each state, each city, each country, each, you know, uh, try out the world and whatnot and, and make sure to make the best of it. Cause, uh, you know, those, those moments don't last that long. And, and we weren't making you know life changing type money, you know, not, not fuck you type money that they're making today at some aspects. So, um, but it was awesome. You know, I, I, I have friends that, uh, you know, for a lifetime, it's basically you know the same guys I grew up with, uh, throwing budman man, you know, from, uh, from amateur racing into, into the pros and their, their family today. So, um, it was a great experience. Uh, we were very blessed to be a part of that era and to help kind of usher it in to uh, a new fan base and, and the freestyle motocross. You know, I totally feel really blessed the fact that, you know, I, I, I kind of usher, ushered in the freestyle with the videos and I got into the announcing aspect of it. Um, and then um, uh, doing some stuff with IFMA when the freestyle shows first sort of coming on to TV and, um, and then Bill announced the Supercross and it six with the boost of that. And then working with Smith Optics, uh, I just feel really blessed to be able to do everything I could possibly do in the sport because it's, uh, to me, and I think anybody, as you as well, and anyone with you really, really race, with your fan, it's the baddest thing on the planet, no doubt, no question.
0: That's what, yeah, I have this down in my notes. You just covered it right there. Rider, agent, rep, announcer, champion, um, f- fan now. I mean, just, I, I don't know. You've done it all. There's really nothing else for you to do in the sport. <laughs> You've done it. No, covered I mean, the bases. I, I,
1: I, I really fortunate. I've seen every aspect of it and, um, yeah, and it just made me appreciate it more and appreciate all the work that goes into it. And, you know, it, it's, it's not, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, it's, it takes a small army to make this go as great as it does. And, um, you know, from all the riders, to the, the incredible mechanics, you know, I, I traveled on the road with my dad every once in a while, and got to know, become really good friends with the soupy mechanics at the time. Like, uh, you know, um, Marshall Plum, Ed, Ed Longacre, um, you know the Cowie guys. It, it's uh, it was a family sport then, and it's a little bit different now. Obviously, a bit more separated with the semis and flying in and other the races and stuff. But um, it still is. Uh, it's a tight knit group. You know, I, I, I miss being at the races every weekend. I don't miss traveling every weekend, but it's nice to be at least one supercross in middle of each year, and from the occasional donation. So I'm um, in it for the long haul. I'll always be watching it and be a part of it. Like when my friends are telling me, "Oh, we're going to go to the lake today," I'm like. Yeah, I'm home watching the races. You know, I'll I'll get a hold of you when the races are done and or I'll see you on Sunday. You know, Saturday was the day. Right? This might be a god but, uh, in front of the TV with my dad watching the, the Supercross and the Nationals. I
0: love that. I love that. Oh, you know who the 90s had? Kelly Kapowski, bro. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. little <laughs> saved by the bell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We were laughing about that. that uh, you know, when we were I, – I had a, a lady who was helping – a woman who was helping get, uh, you know – kind of uh, media work and uh, announcing stuff at the time, which and she had worked for Suzuki and was, it uh, was an agent for, like Matt LeBlanc and Brian Austin Green. And so they were around a lot. Um, We'd done some MTV stuff. Which Suzuki had done with uh, what was the guy he used to do? That's uh, he had long hair. He rode the bike. It's uh, so something on MTV. I can't remember his name, but it was just cool shit. You know, so we got to meet a lot of those guys and, uh, and hang out with them a little bit. So yeah, it was just a different era of just, uh, just enjoying all the craziness that came with with being a race and dirt bikes because um, you know, we met a lot of guys and and you know, musicians and bands and uh, the funniest thing, I I got to know um, uh, Jason Bonham through Jeff Emmett, you know from Led Zeppelin's uh, John Bonham's son and he played here a couple of years ago here in, uh, in right across the river at the casino and got to hang out with him and his wife after the show and all I wanted to talk about was music and all he wanted to talk about was moto you know. <laughs> Yeah, and so it seems like, uh, you know, we idolize it you no know, matter other, other other type of sports, other type of occupations, but it all comes back. That moto is uh, kind of things relate with everybody. It's just something that not everybody can do, and uh, it's, 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 the, it's the modern day even, can even at all levels.
0: She had to be impressed. Like, she had to be, like, like so into what dirt bikes was. Like, please tell me. That's what I want to know. Like, that night, <laughs> you hanging out with her. She had to have been like, oh, my gosh, Denny, you're so funny, like, you know, stuff like that, right?
1: I, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know Brian got me pretty high that night, so I don't <laughs> <really> remember. <laughs> I left some club in Hollywood with all of them, and uh, I ended up puking in the bushes. I, was, uh, I mean, I, I, I couldn't hold my smoke at that age. I can't hold my smoke at this age. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
0: And that was the only night. That was the one chance.
1: Yeah, well, I remember Chicken. Chickenhead, she had gotten us, uh, the, the woman who had helped us, she got gotten us for tickets to go to the MTV Movie Awards, we went there a couple times, and uh, yeah, you know, it was just, you know, being a kid from Nebraska, it was just surreal, being able to do this stuff, and travel the world, and go to Australia, and race in Paris, and race in Japan, um, yeah, it's just, it sets a, a mind, uh, just crazy, just, just to look back upon it, and uh, how fortunate I was, how blessed I was, and still be a part of this, this sport and watch it, and, yeah, from kid in Nebraska and, and having a mom and dad who put everything they could in my career and have it work out like it did, uh, very thankful and very uh, very fortunate, no doubt about
0: it. That's perfect. That's a good ending. I mean, honestly, though, like I, I have this down in my notes. I kind of want to ask it, but like you wrapped it up so perfectly. There, you're very trained at this. I know you've done your announcer gig with Ralph, which still, right. by the way, is Ralph and you, and then Ralph and Emig was by far the team of the ages for me. Like besides like the '90s Art, Ek- Art and and David Bailey and all them, like you guys were were top notch too. I will say that. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, I, you know, and, and i talked to Ricky, you know, when he's you know when he first started doing this, uh, you know, it's a lot to do with your co-host, you know. Uh, I, I worked with Robbie Floyd a lot of years. Who Robbie and I were really good friends through arena cross. So I've done an arena cross. i had done freestyle with him uh, in the booth and stuff and. I remember our first, my first demo when I said we wanted to get you into some supercross. I did. It. Robbie and I called. I think um, one of the supercross rounds in the studio, just you know, it's kind of a demo tape. And how well him and I worked together. And then um, I did a few rounds in 05 I think I worked with Cameron Steele, maybe and uh, Todd Harris. I think a few times. And then '06 was my first full year with Ralph. But I'd known Ralph over the years as well, too, racing and you know, I've been showing up at different rounds. And I think that really really shapes how you work together you know i think i think uh fro was great with ralph i think ricky was better with me when ralph is in the booth sometimes and uh you know i think sometimes the different hosts and what you know you don't get develop a rhythm when there's constantly different guys coming in out of the booth and stuff but uh working with ralph's awesome you know it's great to see him uh, him fro doing it together and being uh, the world supercross stuff and hope they get that uh old shirt worked out. But i loved it man it was great i do my homework uh, the only thing I hated wearing was my khakis, my goofy butt, CBS button up shirt, but I still have a, 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 a all-weather, uh, a, uh, all weather, uh, sports jacket I wear when it's raining to the nation. So I'm always hoping that might get me in somewhere, but it, it never does.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you never know. Maybe, maybe, in future, maybe. We yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. it was cool, you know, um, to be the voice of it and now be able to watch it and whatnot. And, um, yeah, she was badass. So if you ever see, get, get a chance to watch Bar to Bar 06, grab it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I will. And I, I didn't, I end up talking to you more, and I could honestly talk about dirt bikes with you for like six days straight, probably, and not get tired of it. But one last question, I promise. Favorite race ever of your career? Could be amateur, could be pro. What? What is it?
1: Um. Well, I guess it'd be, well, there's like three different ones, I guess. <clears throat> one it was, um... My first win in Atlanta, um, which was just awesome because uh, it was my first win ever. Uh, I, I went in after I got off the podium. I went sat in the stands by myself that night and watched the two g main, which one was one of which is probably one of the best two uh, g main events in history. Next supply eighty six Anaheim. was so, you know that's when they had like six different lead changes. Cooper led for a while, RJ led for a while, and they end up winning on the last lap uh, to take the win. Daytona was meant a lot just because it's it's such an iconic event um and then years later fro was in the hall of fame kind of walking around and he took the photos and he called me and said hey man our names are in, you know on the wall here in the daytona hall of fame and it's like you know to even to fathom that you know we're on you know daytona with all the cars and nascar and to have their name in that uh in hall of fame museum good. yeah it's just it's, it's a mind blow, and then um and then a kind of combination between Pontiac and, and Foxboro, I, I crashed and was able to come through the pack and uh, I passed Joe and Jay on the last lap, which I, you know, later in life became really good friends with Mike, race the ring cross and stuff. But just that whole year was just was just iconic for me and just the feeling and, um, you know, then we'll look back to the videos and see how pumped my dad was. He's uh, my mechanic, and I'll never forget, you know, Rick Johnson one year, one of the races he saw my dad and I actually won, just kind of not really celebrate that much or something. He kind of noticed him he'd he by my truck and, and kind of like gave me a, a, my dad, a, a quick lesson. He goes, you know what? You celebrate every win like it's your last because you just never know when your last might come. And, you know, for Ricky, that could not have been more true. Um, you know, to have someone of his stature who was my idol growing up, read my walls, uh, his posters and whatnot, you know, um, to have him give me that type of, uh, time and, and respect and, and, and advice was, uh, was pretty pretty meaningful and something I've really stood through. So when people say that you know, you, when you celebrate, you should act like you you've been there. You know, when, when RJ tells you to celebrate every win like it's your last, you celebrate every win like it's your last. And, uh, and I think from that on, my dad and I did that and, and everything. You know, even when Arena Cross, you know, we, uh, we ran across, we we ran seventy two main events. I think one year, uh, I think I won like twenty of them that year. And every one of them meant a lot. You know, this is a tough sport, I and mean, you can find success in it. You, you better grab a hold of that cause it because it won't last. Definitely, you'll be you'll be racing Loretta's uh, in an old man's class and, and still chasing that that dream is throwing those guys are doing now. But it's a feeling that'll always stick with you, and you'll be you will be chasing it for the rest of your lives for sure.
0: Man, RJ, that's cool, man. Just to have him come in and just be like, "Hey, man, like you need to do this," and just learn from from that guy. Like if if he says something, you're gonna be like, "Okay, sure, yeah, no problem." And it changed your yeah. perspective on things. So that's cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and even when I rode to Cali with, with Cali in '89, you know, I, I, I was able to ride at the supercross track because were Chicken and Wardy and, and Machine, and and just to experience those three different personalities. Um, you know, Wardy obviously the ambassador; he always took his time to kind of point out things. Um, with Bale, you know, somehow Bale and I had become friends. You know, with my, he was enjoyed my dad and I, and he'd be down at Cooper sometimes, and we'd stay down there. You know, he was the one who kind of taught me how to how to do whoops, you know, do the rocking style front wheel rear wheel, front wheel rear wheel, you know, um, yeah. Just to get these legends taking the time to uh, to kind of teach me and take me under the wing, you know, little by little was uh, meant a lot, yeah. And so I always felt that that was something. Even if I could help any any younger rider, that's uh, you know that type of stuff always stuck with me, and, that, and that's what the sport's about. I, I always felt the motto is, uh, you, you, I've never met a hero that didn't live up to the hype, you know
0: yeah exactly perfectly said I, I watched pontiac 90 last night too i just want to let you know that before we head out but...
1: yeah, I, I, yeah i don't know if you know yet pontiac 90 that first night my parade lap i'm riding around and it's that big double that was before the tunnel jump and i decided okay i'm gonna i'm gonna see bounce this thing down the parade lap do a little whip and i see and the bike goes whoop and disappears drops the gas was off somebody turned my gas off and i didn't check it and so i'm panicking to get to my bike i get to the line I i think my Front brake or my clutch cable was kind of messed up. There's are zip tying it to trying to get it fixed, and then I get, uh, you know, I get get the thing right before the gate drops. I get going, and I go up in the, you know, up in the stand. pulling falls pull in front of me. I'm dead last. I'm like, man, this is <laughs> this is one hell of a way to start a night right now. So, um, yeah, I'll never forget that night. That was insane. And from then that, from then on, I had a, a horrible habit, obviously, of checking my gas a hundred times at the start of the game. You know, adjust your goggles, check the gas, check your goggles, check your gas, So uh, these kids today, these riders today are lucky, but they got fuel injection. They got to deal with the carburetor. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're they're spoiled now. Did you, were you and Jonesy mad after the race? Were you good?
1: No, Jonesy was always cool. You know, I mean, um, uh, in 88, it was him and Todd DeHoop battling for the title. Um, and that was my first year. I wrote, I, I think I ended up fifth that year. And I remember the last round, the last round at, at uh, I, I, um, it was I ended up somehow between the two of them and in the main event for the final round. It only like two points that separated to separate Todd and my jumps, and I somehow wound up between them. And they were so tense and like they were just so amped up. And I remember just screaming as loud as I could like, and looking at both of them. And they looked at me like I was insane. I'm like, "I just want you guys to loosen up a little bit. Good luck tonight." You know. <laughs> um, and so Jonesy and I always were friends from then on, and then battle in the ninety, and then arena cross years later. Yeah, and even today when I see him out, you know, uh, which I haven't seen in a while, but. He's just one of those guys who loves the sport as much as, as anybody and, and lived as hard as he could. And he got in the freestyle aspect of it. Um, yeah, he's one best-selling bitch. And, uh, and he was always a good friend to have at the bars because if you got lippy, he'd he, he just knock anyone out for you. <laughs>
0: That's cool. You need somebody like that. You need someone. Yeah,
1: well, I, Yeah, I always, always surround myself with bigger people than I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My mouth will get us in trouble, but I, I, I'm probably not going to find my way out very well.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I understand that, too. Um, well, this was cool, man. Uh, I'm going to have you back on because I have so many other things that I want to touch on. But, you know, for for first episode of the Squad Pod coming on here, like, this was awesome. So, I really appreciate you doing this. Um,
1: Absolutely, brother. I appreciate it as well. I'm proud of you. I, I love what you're doing. you uh, great, great dad, hard worker, and uh, you, you make uh, this a more enjoyable. So, I appreciate you as well, brother. Wow.
0: I've, that's a full circle moment for me, man. Thank you. you. You have no idea what that means. I really appreciate that.
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, we will talk to you soon. We will definitely be talking the Thread and tell them. Let's uh, let's uh, let's enjoy this first round Charlotte Super Motocross. Let's make uh, let's enjoy it. It's going to be awesome.
0: All right, let's do it. Let's see what happens. Thanks, Den, right, dog. I'm not going to say I got choked up at the end there, but I got pretty choked up. The com the comments he was saying about what he thought of me. I didn't expect any of that. So like really full circle moment, I was born in 1990, so maybe maybe that's why we just have a little a bond from the year he won his championship to me being born. Maybe, maybe, I'm reaching there, but it's pretty cool when one of your heroes says that stuff about you, and um, wow, that was pretty cool. So that'll do it for this week's show. I really thank you guys for listening to the shows. Uh, the, the listeners' uh, numbers have been picking up quite a bit. So you must be liking what we're doing. If you have an idea for a guest, or if you want to just talk about anything, email me, Troy at Vermoto.com. and I'll get back to you for sure. Or DM me on, on like Twitter or Instagram, whatever you want. I'm there. I'm here for you people. So thanks for listening, really, first and foremost, because... It's really cool. I really enjoy these shows. I really didn't think I'd be that good at it. Maybe I'm not. But we'll get better. And we'll just keep going. So, thanks for listening, people. So, as you know, you've been listening to the show. This is show 14. This is the thank you portion of the show. Where I go down my extensive list that keeps growing. So, uh, biggest thank you of the week goes to Denny Stevenson. Thanks for being on, man. Thank you for your insight and your, your humor during the week when I need it the most. Appreciate you, man. Uh, second biggest thank you of the week. Mm. Probably should go... No, I'm not going to thank him. Nope. Not thanking Clinton Fowler this week. Nope. We had a little draft on our text thread with Denny. And, you know, I had second pick in the snake draft. And I was like... Oh, okay, it's my turn now, because I thought Clinton had picked his two picks, you know? I mean, he was taking all day, so, like, whatever. Like, I'll just I'll just pick, you know? I was kind of paying attention to what was left, and I, I, jumped, I jumped the gate, man. I threw it out there, and guess who picks up my pick? Yeah, Mr. Three Laps Down, Fowler's Facts. So he's not getting thanked this week, because it was a really good pick, and he stole it from me. So I'm a little irked at him right now. So you're not getting thanked, Clinton Fowler. Uh, Second biggest thank you of the week. We'll go to, um, let's just say Bird Dog. Bird Dog was there this week. He's the MVP of the uh, Verb Crew this week. I talked to him more than anybody. Slaw went MIA and I'm just like, look Bird Dog, this is what's got to happen. And he goes, I got you, man. So Bird Dog, I know you're listening. You listen to all my stuff. You love it. That's the number two thank you of the week. All right. Thank you, Chili Dog Wes. Appreciate you, bro. I miss you. We haven't talked crazy much since Nashville, maybe, or you're busy with all these races and stuff, but, like, we need to get together. I need to go out there and get on the Verb Vanilla Racing broadcast, come in studio, maybe. We just need to bro down again. I'm having Chili Dog withdrawals right now, so. Shout out to you, Chili Dog Wes. Thank you, Slaw Dog. Thanks to my wife, Ginger Dog. Thank you to my kids, Bub Dog and Duke Dog. As always, you guys have the greatest show intro in the history of shows ever. I'm getting a lot of feedback from this. You guys crushed it. I love you guys. And a new thank you this week. Shout out to Boots Dog. Um, just for... Pumping me up on Twitter, man. Doing good things for the squad. Appreciate you. See your work ethic. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week with another great show.